Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. Always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, what you need to know about CalSavers informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. If you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Melissa Forziat is a Southern California-based marketer, speaker, consultant, and author. She teaches small businesses how to market on a budget and helps them execute their marketing strategies, in addition to working with business organizations to train their trainers. She offers keynotes, presentations, workshops, and webinars, and her national and international speaking schedule has taken her as far as New Zealand. To date, she's delivered over 120 workshops and webinars to thousands of attendees. Before starting Melissa Forziat Events and Marketing, Melissa's career involved roles with the Olympic Winter Games, Rugby World Cup, and the U.S. Olympic Committee. Melissa is the author of the free ebook, Small Business Marketing on a Budget. So, Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back, Candy. I'm very excited to have you back. We did interview you a couple months ago. And for those who didn't catch that, you can go back to our YouTube or Facebook pages and find the links. It's also going to be in the description for this show. Um, but for those who didn't catch that, I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got started in business. Absolutely. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it's sort of a, a, a tale of two paths. I started out doing those major international sport events. I started in the Olympic world and the Rugby World Cup world. And I got a chance to see how these huge organizations, these huge brands, 
operate at scale, which is a very different world to be in from a small business world, but very informative, I thought, because it gave me a lot of uh, useful ideas on how they build their message over time, on how they uh, come up with language, on how consistent and tight they are with what they say and who they say it to, and how they just continue to stay in front of people over time. So when I started my business, which is uh, I don't know, eight, nine years ago at this point, um, you know, as a small business owner, we don't have those kinds of resources. None of us do, right? right. We don't have the budget of an Olympic Games. We don't have the, right. the human resources to get that kind of worth, word of mouth going that you would get for those big organizations. But we still have to be effective with what we do. So for me, it was a lot about like at the start of my business, taking those great ideas and then adapting them to um, ways to market that would be more practical for a small business owner, that, you know, like myself or my clients. And, um, you know, so for me, whenever I'm giving advice, it's really about looking at it from the most practical, the most logical way, really meeting you where you are with your resources. And for me, it's fun to be able to have these conversations because, um, you know, a lot of times we think we talk like it's really fancy to do marketing, but at the end of the day, it's just getting your message out there and being smart about it. So hopefully this gives uh, everybody some more ideas that we can build off of from our first uh, podcast together. Right. And I wanted to have you back because we were having a great conversation and I had so many more questions that I wanted to ask, (laughs) but we were running out of time. So I'm so glad that you're coming back to join us. And I know before we were talking some about social media and branding and things like that. um, But I I wanted to go, we'll go in a little bit deeper on some of those too, but to start off, let's first talk about like, what is your top recommendation for ways that businesses can actually market on a budget right now and get those leads? Yeah. I think when it really comes down to it, relationships are at the heart of marketing. So for me, I'm always thinking about how can I build a relationship through whatever marketing channel I'm using, however I'm using to communicate for me, the relationship is the core because that's ultimately what's going to become the sale or the referral or whatever it is you're looking for. So I, you know, it sounds so simple, And it sometimes surprises people that I'll take it all the way back to this when they ask like, what, you know, what's the best type of marketing, but start by making sure the people in your life know what you do, you know, like just make sure Mm -hmm. everybody, you know, knows what you do for a living, because um, you don't have to be selling your services, but if that many people who already know, you don't know what you're doing, you're, you're making it really hard to generate that word of mouth. Right. So for me, you know, it starts with how can I make sure the people in my sphere are aware of what I do and who I serve? And then once you've got, once you've ticked those boxes and you know, the people that, you know, are aware of what you do now you can start branching out from there. And I'm a big believer in approaching other businesses with service tie-ins or other businesses that are reaching my audience, even if they don't have a service tie-in and finding ways to collaborate. Because if you can find, you know, I think we're all, uh, we love the idea that an influencer is going to notice us, post about us, and we'll go viral. But at the end of the day, if you could collaborate with, you know, 10 other businesses about your size and really work to shout each other out and and share verbal referrals and do just whatever you can to boost each other's business, you're going to see a big uptick in your sales Mm -hmm. and your audience over time. So it doesn't always have to be those huge influencers. Like we can, we can support each other. And that's the kind of thing that you can be proactive and, and, and really target the types of businesses you'd want to collaborate with. So anything you can do to initiate relationships 
is to mm-hmm. me the thing that you can do right now. And you can do that for zero dollars. Right. And I had a thought while you were talking about that too, about tell everyone, you know, what you do. And some people might be thinking like, well, my family or my good friends aren't going to use my service, but it's not that you want them to use your service, but it's like, who do they know that might need to use your service? Right. It's so true. And you know, you'd be surprised how little people can actually you know, I found, especially by working in the Olympic world, because I used to have really long, fancy job titles there. And <laughs> when my friends and family would introduce me to other people, like if I, if I went back home and visited for a holiday or something, and, you know, they'd be introducing me to somebody, they go to introduce me with a lie. Like they would tell them I did something that I didn't do. And mm. it was, and it was interesting. Cause it was like, they just don't, their understanding of what I do is like a fill in the blanks exercise. They know a couple words and then they're making up the rest. So it makes sense to them, but it may actually not be anything related to what I do for a living. And that doesn't help you, right? Because Mm -hmm. word of mouth is like a game of telephone. So if in a game of telephone, you start out with a message and it ends up as something different, that doesn't help you to have those people coming back to you as customers. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for us, it's really like, how can you make sure the people in your sphere actually know the proper way to describe what you do? And again, it doesn't have to be salesy. I think that can be the, that can be something that really discourages people from telling people in their personal circles what they do, but it's not about selling. It's about just telling them what you do all day. I mean, that's an update on your life more so than a sales pitch. So, you know, it's important because, because people could potentially come across anybody else who needs your services. And if they know who to look for and they know who would need it, then they'll know to say the right message at the right time. Right. The other thing I was thinking while you were talking was when you're, uh, you know, talking about like the networking and other businesses that you could pair up with. When I had started my business, I didn't know about networking groups. And someone finally told me like, oh, you should go to this group. And I was like, what is a leads club? You know. And so, but those are really good opportunities too. They're not that expensive, you know, generally speaking, and you do get to know other businesses and you refer each other when you know someone that has a need. Again, it's not a pushy thing. It's, you know, if someone is saying, gosh, my tooth hurts and you know, a dentist, you could connect them, you know, then it's not like them just trying to find someone on Google or something too. So those are really good opportunities. And there's probably in local areas, even for businesses, you know, those kind of groups. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's places to network all over, you know, and, and even now, mm-hmm. and, you know, as we've seen so many things go virtual, you can still network virtually. I think a lot of it has to do with knowing who you're looking for. You know, if you're in a room full of 10 people, maybe two of them would be really great connections for your business. Mm -hmm. And maybe eight of them wouldn't be. So see if you can know right away who those two people are so that you can make a beeline for them and start talking business and start talking about how you might collaborate together. And and if you're like-minded in your approach and um, you know, you can do that in any setting where you're meeting other businesses. Mm -hmm. And if you're not in those settings, go find them, you know, make a list of them, approach them yourself. So I think it's, I think it's a smart call if you want to generate that momentum. Mm-hmm. I just remember when I first started out, I felt like I didn't know anything and I was completely overwhelmed. So I was glad when I found, you know, some of those opportunities and got to meet other entrepreneurs because I just didn't have 
others around me that had been entrepreneurs. So I know that was really helpful for me, but you know, that is the other advantage too, though, just to piggyback off of that, because a lot of times small business owners are operating in their own little silo and they don't really see Mm -hmm. what other people are going through in their businesses. So as much as I can sit here and say, build a relationship because you can market together, honestly, sometimes you just need to hear somebody else say, Hey, business is hard, right? Um, like, you know, sometimes that in itself is all the advantage you need because it gives you confidence to go back to your business. So I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that you said that because you, you don't even realize that everybody else is going through the same roller coaster ride you are until you see other people coming off the roller coaster ride. (laughs) They're like, ah, (laughs) exactly. So when we start doing our marketing, whatever method we decide we're going to use, how can we actually track the success of what we're using? It's a good question. And it's, and you know, the fact that we've started with how is so lovely because that you should track your, your, how it's going is important by itself. Mm -hmm. You know, we, uh, marketing can be tricky because some things are more trackable than others, but to whatever degree you can start planting, you know, seeds out there. So you can start figuring out what's working and what's not use that information as much as you can in your business. So online, it looks a little different than it would offline. You know, if you're online, you can plant links in places and see, and depending on where you are, sometimes you'll be able to see if people are clicking on them. Like if you put a link in a newsletter, you can see if somebody clicked on it. If you're putting links out there on social media, on your website, you can start to get a sense of who's landing in certain places or how many people are landing in certain places. If you have Mm -hmm. a chance and, you know, if you put an offer out there, can you be really thoughtful about an offer code or a link that you give them that's customized so you can, so you know, everybody who landed there came from a certain place. So those are some things that you can do online, but offline is, you know, sometimes it's intangible, but a lot of times we can start to find out what, what people's experiences were just by asking them. So maybe you just say, how did you hear about me? Um, how mm-hmm. did you hear about this business or, uh, or ask them, you know, uh, you know, what their process was. I found a lot of times when somebody, um, when I'm on the phone with a potential client or when somebody is emailing me, they'll tell me, oh, I was just on your website and I checked out this page and this, and I read a few blogs and I watched a video and I did. So they'll start to walk me through what their experience just was. And that's the type of stuff that I'm making a mental note of that because I know it was important in their process. Um, So, you know, look for evidence wherever you can to see if something is serving you or if it's not serving you. And the more you understand that, the more you know what the priorities are in your marketing plan. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing in my company too. If someone calls and is asking about our services, my admins know to ask the question, like, how'd you hear about us? You know, and they might say a Google search, or I looked on Yelp, or a friend told me about you, or my CPA recommended you or something like that too. But I want to know, you know, as well, like, how did someone find me to, in the first place? So it's, it's good information. Absolutely. And you want to be, and if it's, if it's another business that's been doing you a good service, you want to be able to say thank you for that. And, you know, so it's, it's helpful to know that stuff. I mean, sometimes you'll see people talk about, uh, you know, when people are trying to sell advertising spots and they'll say, oh, we can reach this many people. And then, and then you'll see somebody say like, well, how do I know if it's working? Well, you get to find out if it's working. Like you can, you can, be that detective. You can plant the evidence there so that if people are coming to you from that source, you can find out 
after the fact and see if it's worth doing again in the future. But every, you know, everybody who's selling you something is going to tell you that it works. It's up to you to really, you know, put the information out there in a way that you can then track it back later. Right. And I'd love for you just to talk a little bit more about analytics and what that is, or maybe how it even works. And then what does someone do with the information once they look at that and they have this, you know, analytics information, you know, what do you do with it? Yeah. A lot of times when we say analytics, we're referring to data we're collecting from online marketing sources, um, which could be your website. It could be social media. It could be newsletters, you know, anywhere where you're sort of compiling data that is digitally collected. Now you could be gathering analytics from stuff that you're doing in person, but you're probably going to be gathering that manually. Um, But yeah, you know, depending on what type of marketing tool you're using, you might get different information like a website or social media is going to give you more general information about your audience as a whole. Um, Mm -hmm. Your website can also share things like, for example, one of the things I really like uh, about Google Analytics that I use for my website is that it helps me find the source of where people came from when they landed on my website. Mm So it helps me see what's working. All these places where my website link is, which of those places are actually attracting people back to me? So that's, that's interesting. I happen to like um, newsletter analytics even more. Uh, for me, it's a huge part of a sales process because it's the one place where you can track action back to one specific person. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, you can look at any subscriber in your audience and say, okay, this person opened my newsletter or this person clicked on a link. And that can be really informative in terms of a sales process. You know, if you see that they're really active and engaged, how can you keep them engaged and can you get them into a one-to-one conversation? So those mm-hmm. are some things to consider there. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, where you're going with this question is, is cool because it's, it's also saying use your analytics let it inform you. You know, if you see evidence that something is working, that's evidence for you to do more of it and keep leaning into it and prioritize it. And if you see that something's not working, you have to take a serious look at that because we have limited time. We have limited money. We've limited bandwidth. We don't have time to do everything we want to do. Right. So if you're putting time and energy into something and it does not seem to be returning in any way, shape or form, and you don't hear people talking about having seen it when they're talking to you, then you have to really think, is this part of my plan moving forward? Sometimes that's a signal that it's, we're moving out of that channel of marketing and Mm -hmm. your audience is moving. And so if, if they're moving, you need to move with them. Um, and, and, and to be responsive to that and find where they're going. So, you know, it's important, you know, I've, I, it's been a couple of years now, but for a while in the beginning of my business, I would say the first several years. So, you know, we're looking at well into the 2010s, uh, people would call me and say, oh, yellow pages was working really well for my business up until recently. And I think recently, you know, this was decades ago that your audience started moving you know, but you didn't track where they were going. And so all of a sudden, one day the phone stopped ringing, but it really wasn't that sudden, you know, so we can prevent that in our businesses. Right. Well, when you were talking about, you know, we only have so much time and bandwidth. And I was thinking to social media, we hear you need to be on social media, you need to be on multiple platforms, you need to be where your customers are. Like, what do you even recommend where business owners should be and what types of social media really should they be using? 
Yeah. A couple answers to that. I mean, it's, it's a question I get a lot, right? It's, it's, it's a, it's an important thing to ask yourself what channels are going to be on when you're marketing, whether they be online or offline and social media, there are many platforms, but it's just one type of way to market your business. So I guess Mm -hmm. the first thing to assess is, should you be on social media? It sounds really obvious. It sounds like that should be an obvious yes. But I don't think it is an obvious yes, to be honest, because Mm -hmm. social media does require a significant time commitment. It requires Mm -hmm. you to long term be available on a consistent basis to put your brand out there and to have conversations with people, because if you're not being Mm -hmm. social, you're not really doing social media. So if you're not prepared to put the time in, I would say that's probably not the right place for you to be. And there may be other places for you to market your business that are going to work better with the time investment you're prepared to give. But if you are prepared to put some time in, you know, the the biggest thing is where's your target market and how is your brand best represented? Like if you really need visuals behind your brand, what, what platforms can you use that allow you to showcase that? And then on those platforms, um, where exactly is your audience? Where are they hanging out? I like to think of it like, you know, social media, if if a platform is a house, like let's say Mm -hmm. Facebook, Facebook could be a house, but your audience is in one room or maybe two Mm -hmm. rooms, right? So if you just like get in front of the house and you shout to the house, people don't hear you. But if you get into the room and you're whispering with them, now you're right in front of your audience. So it's really Mm -hmm. about saying, Uh, are the people in my audience in a certain group, are they following a certain hashtag and having conversations there? Are they, uh, you know, looking at a certain Pinterest board? Are they looking at, you know, are they following Mm -hmm. a certain channel, whatever that platform is you're on, whatever it's called, those little rooms they can be in. Look, look for where they are specifically and make sure that your brand shows up well in that space. Mm-hmm. So it, I know right. it's a, a somewhat generic answer, but if your target market is at the core of your marketing, it drives you to finding the right answers. Right. So it sounds like you're saying you don't necessarily need to be putting a lot of content on your own page. Sometimes if you don't have a lot of time, maybe finding those one or two groups on those you know social media sites that your potential customers are in, you know, often and just like touching base through there, like maybe offering a piece of advice here or there where people start to see you and maybe start to recognize the information you're sharing is valuable and maybe attracting them that way. Absolutely. I like that you distilled it that way. I, yes, for sure. So yeah, put, put some content out there, let your brand, you know, put the narrative of your brand out there and decide what you want to say, but spend more time if you can, especially if you want to grow your page, spend time going out to other people's conversations. And you don't, again, you don't have to sell your business, but if you're interacting as your business, if you're complimenting Mm -hmm. them, if you're asking a good question, if you just start showing up in somebody's notifications on a regular basis, a lot of those people are going to turn around and say, who's this great person who's listening to me? And they're going to click back and they're going to be able to see where this is all coming from and they're going to visit your page. So that's the kind of approach that if you take the time to do that, you're going to start seeing more reach on all of your content because Mm -hmm. people now want to be as good to you as they were to them, or at least a lot of people will. Right. So if you are doing something on your page and maybe you have like a special event or maybe there's a particular blog that you really want to get more exposure to than the organic reach that you have, should you be paying for advertising or boosting posts or how do you feel about that? 
Well, you know, so I will say there's two ideas rolled up in there. So there's this idea of like cornerstone content of, you know, I've got this, this one blog or this, you know, couple of pieces of content on my website that are really going to speak well for my business. And I want to put a lot of time and energy into putting it out there. Now it could be that you put it as the email part, a link in your email signature and you send it out to everybody you email. It could be that you uh, have like a signature at the bottom of every single social media post that you do that invites people to check out that particular blog, regardless of the nature of the rest of the content. Um, So there's a lot of sneaky ways that you can continue to get that particular type of content out in front of people, even organically. But when it comes to, you know, boosting a post, if we're talking about social media advertising, I have a really funny relationship with social media advertising because um, I'm, I'm protective of my clients. You know, a lot of clients come to me because they're marketing on a low budget. And so mm-hmm. I feel very responsible to give them low budget marketing solutions. And if something is going to be higher budget, I want to tell them that and be upfront about it. And so it's tricky because a lot of these social media platforms will let you do what they call lower cost advertising, but it actually doesn't get you anywhere unless you have a solid plan that you've tested and you're putting significant budget into it. So Mm. for some clients, they come to me and they say, I have a budget that's $5 a day. And I'll say, put your $5 a day somewhere else um, Mm. because I'm willing to bet that you can get better use of it somewhere else. Um, But if you are prepared to spend more money, then, you know, you know, even something like Facebook advertising will let you start getting more specific about how you target your audience. I just haven't seen a ton of results for people who are trying to advertise recently with a lower budget. Mm -hmm. Well, and talking about Facebook and the advertising, I mean, I've heard you can really like drill down into who you want to, you know, market to. Um, But again, I don't know necessarily how easily it could be like, if you're saying, I want to do it into like, you know, the LA area for moms, you know, that are between 35 and 50. I mean, can you really get that granular and and attract those people or do they say you can, but it doesn't work that well? You can, right. You can get really specific about who you're targeting in terms of the criteria that you set. You know, like you said, it could be around describing the people. It could be around looking Mm -hmm. at other pages and trying to model their audience. It could be, uh, uploading your own list and marketing to those people or uploading, you know, uploading a list and trying to find people like those people. So there's a lot of different ways to target advertising on social media platforms, particularly on, you know, something like Facebook or Instagram. Mm-hmm. But uh, you have to remember how saturated those platforms are too. And that's where the efficacy right. is a factor. So, you know, over the years, reach has been throttled, particularly on Facebook for businesses to encourage more businesses to advertise. So more businesses are advertising. And so the impact of your advertising may not be what it once was, where, you know, you're maybe very pretty far down in the ads and it may take a bunch and, and people have become more used to tuning out ads. So it may right. take a more, a higher volume of touch points for any one person before they move forward on what you're promoting. So it can be really tricky. Yes, you can, you can target more, but you're marketing in a really saturated place. And so mm-hmm. you have to kind of bear that in mind, which is why we tend to see the ad budgets go up and up and up before you start seeing real results and returns. I mean, it's something, it's something that you can experiment with. Um, Absolutely. Anybody is welcome to experiment with it, but I would say just go in knowing that just because you can boost something for $5 doesn't mean 
that it's worth boosting it for $5. So buyer beware. Right. That's a good point. And if someone's listening and they're saying like, I I hear the hesitation on, on this and you don't want to spend a whole lot of money, but at the same time, they want to be out there and trying to get that reach. You know, I have heard, you know, on different platforms, you should be posting, uh, you know, different times of the day, but if it's a business that has a more global market than just local, I mean, that's not necessarily even going to be close to the same time zone. So what would you say to someone who's thinking, you know, I need to post, I want to post at the right times. Um, is that really something that they need to be as concerned about, or is it really something that would be effective and they need to know the right times? It depends on what your strategy is, because if you're not doing much engagement, then the only thing that you have is hoping that people will see your post at the right time of day, right? So if you know where roughly where your audience is located and you're able to get that post out at that time of day, um, and you know your analytics, social media will tell you from your analytics roughly when people, um, different platforms show it a little but you know, most of them are going to tell you this is roughly when most people are seeing what you're posting. And so you can try to lean into that. But on the other hand, you know, when we talked about engagement earlier, if you are proactively going out to other people's accounts and you're showing up in their notifications, it really blurs the line of mm-hmm. when your posting is most effective. Because whenever those people are ready to go back to your page, they'll go back to your page. Even if the things, the last thing you posted was three days ago, they're here today. They see your notifications and now they're ready to check out your content. So it, it, uh, if you're doing that engagement, you're going to find that you're, you're getting more consistent reach across your posts, regardless of when you post them, because people are going to come back to you just because you were kind to them. Um, so to me that, that muddies the waters of a clear answer, but I think it's a good strategy to be engaging. So I'm going to muddy that water. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I think it just actually makes it easier for people to feel like I don't have to make sure I post at, you know, four o'clock on LinkedIn or, you know, later in the evening on, you know, just, if it works for you, great. But if not, don't stress about it. (laughs) At the end of the day, you have to run your business, right? This isn't the only Mm -hmm. thing you're doing all day. And it would be lovely if we could all hire, you know, people on our team to, to outsource this too, but you're working with what you've got. So, you know, if, if you've got time at a, at an off time, maybe spend 15 minutes engaging right after you post and hope that some of those people will start coming back to you. If you start doing that kind of thing consistently, you'll see the returns in terms of other people showing you love consistently too. Right. Well, and we've been spending a lot of time on this talking about how we can reach, you know, new customers, whether it's on social media or, you know, meeting people through networking or, you know, relationships with others who can recommend us to their clients. Um, But are there other important aspects to marketing that we haven't discussed? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and you just really hit the nail on the head. We've been talking about how you reach people for the first time, but a good marketing plan, you lean into the fact that most people need to hear from you more than once. Sometimes they Mm -hmm. need to hear from you a lot before they're ready to work with you. And it's not all, it's not always because of anything to do with you. Sometimes it's the conditions of their life. They're not quite ready yet. So um, we need to still be in front of them long-term. So the plan, the thing is like, those people you reached that one time, how can you reach them again for a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth time? And if you don't know how you're going to do that, now it's time to start really planning how you're going to do that. So how, you know, how can you capture 
build those leads that you're bringing in? How can you, how can you capture their information so you can get back in front of them? And once you do, how can you stay in front of them? Um, Mm -hmm. So those are things that to me are really important in a marketing plan and most commonly are missing in my clients' Mm -hmm. marketing plans before they get started. I mean, if you don't have a marketing plan, you probably don't have a way to do lead retention or maybe even customer retention. So, so often people come to me and they've got all these different ways that they're reaching people once. And then I'll say, okay, so what if you want to get back in front of that person? And they're like, I don't know how to reach them again. So that's when Um, we have to start doing that digging of saying, okay, this is where your marketing plan really begins. Now that you've reached them once, maybe that person will be ready for you over time. So can we get a plan to just stay in front of them? A lot of time, you know, that's right. just capturing their details and then maybe newsletters or, or, mm-hmm. you know, for some people it might be text marketing or like there's all these different ways of getting back in front of them with their contact details. And, you know, what can you do that's going to be more efficient? Right. And of course, I've also heard before, too, where they say it's easier to, you know, keep a current client than get a new client. So is there anything you'd recommend to somebody about how to keep those current customers engaged and coming back for more? If it's not like an ongoing service like mine, you know, someone has payroll, they're paying consistently or bookkeeping, you know, so often, you know, we have them for very long term. But what if someone maybe sells like custom greeting cards or something and they want people to come back? What could they do? to continue that relationship. So they've had the customers and they want to stay in front of them. Yeah. I think it depends on what the price point is of your product and how much you want to sort of woo them. Um, but if it's something like they, they bought something that was lower cost, you know, if there was a transaction where you got their email address, can you set up a sequence of emails where you maybe check in with them again, when the item runs out or when you think they when you think they might need a renewal, or at the one year anniversary of when they bought something from you, just in case, um, can you have a few different touch points afterwards to get a, to get a testimonial, to encourage a referral, mm-hmm. like to just keep that conversation going? Um, but yeah, can you can you sort of space it out so that at the point when they might potentially need your service or product again, they think of you, and if you think they'll never need your service or product again, still get in front of them because maybe they know other great people just like them who would be your target market. So don't assume that somebody is never going to buy again and don't assume they won't know somebody who will Um, just Mm -hmm. keep, keep staying in front of them and find a way to engage with them and make your business still interesting to them. Um, If, if it's something though, that's like a really big ticket item they bought for you, you might even, uh, you know, show that reward, that loyalty reward, um, reward the big purchase. Maybe you give them a gift at some point, maybe you invite them to a VIP club. So if you have something that escalates in price or they're really um, a really good customer, you might have sort of that upper echelon of service to really cultivate mm-hmm. those people. But that does come back to what your bottom line is and if that makes sense for the product right. or service they bought. And I know earlier you were talking about having to get in front of somebody, you know, multiple times before they, you know, can potentially become a customer. And I know that might be frustrating for someone, especially if there's a newer, you know, entrepreneur who's starting out and listening to this and saying, well, I've tried you know, so many things and I'm not getting a lot of leads. Can you tell them maybe how long does it really take to nurture a lead into becoming a customer? Yeah. And I'm going to, and I'm going to give real answers and I'm going to give soft answers here. Um, You know, 
on, on one side, it depends a little bit on the level of urgency, right? If I have a toothache, I'm going to mm-hmm. look for a dentist and I'm going to try to get this resolved very quickly. So I'm not going to spend a lot of, I'm not going to spend years, you know, trying to decipher. Right. I'm going to make a decision quickly. I might look at a lot of different resources to make that decision, but I'll do it in a period of a day or two. Right. So mm-hmm. that urgency does have a little something to do with how much time elapses overall in my business. Uh, people potentially wait for years from the first time they heard about me until they're ready to actually hire me. So, mm-hmm. uh, I need to be ready to lean into that. Um, and so you'll sort of get a rhythm for where that is with your business, but most of the time it takes multiple touches to get in front of somebody. Right. And, um, sometimes it really just is about what they're, what's going on in their business or in their life. And if they're, mm-hmm. if the conditions are right yet, um, I had a client that I had reached out, to, I had reached out to a prospective client. It was a nonprofit that, you know, I was looking to do to support them with their sponsorship marketing. And I, the, they were really interested. The executive director was really interested. She brought me in, we sat down, we had a great conversation. Then she brought me back for another conversation with two board members and that went great. And then they had a board vote on whether or not they would hire me. And one board member said, we can do this ourselves. We could get these sponsors ourselves. So she said, I'm sorry, just didn't get across the line. But I knew that Mm -hmm. if I set a reminder to myself to reach back to her one year from that day, and if Mm -hmm. I said, hey, so one year later, I show up in her inbox and I say, hey, I remember where we last left off. Your board was going to get those sponsorships for you. How did that go? And she responded, you're hired. Because they needed one year to mm-hmm. see that their board wasn't going to do it that, mm-hmm. and that addressed their objection. And then they move forward. So, you know, sometimes things happen really quickly, but sometimes it takes a little time for people to be ready for you. So right. s- find a way to stay in front of them. That isn't too weird. You know, that, mm-hmm. that does feel like a relationship that you're nurturing um, and, and just continue to be there and provide value. And you, and you'd be surprised you know, sometimes right. people turn around and they're ready. And if you're really early, early in your business and that's a daunting answer for you, I'm a right. big believer in meeting that by planting as many seeds as possible. So in the early days of my business, I knew I was in it for the long haul. So I think, okay, who's somebody that I can reach out to today to plant another mm-hmm. seed. And I would just keep doing that. And before you know it, you got a lot of seeds planted out there and some of them start to bloom. And, right. you know, the, the hope is there. It's just, you're continuing to meet this with action and, and really trying to build momentum. Mm-hmm. Well, and like you said, it depends on how painful their situation is to prompt them, right? If it's something that's truly an emergency, they're going to jump on it really fast. But if it's a lot of our services or products aren't something that we need immediately, we're interested, we're looking, you know, but it might take a while. So I think it's good to just encourage the people who are listening, who are thinking, well, I've been doing this for a while and I'm not seeing a lot of success. doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It just takes a while. Yeah. And I mean, I bet it's the same thing for your business too, Candy, as it is for mine, Mm -hmm. where like, there'll probably be people who spend years doing their own bookkeeping, their own payroll, they'll find their own solutions, but they're spending time to do that. And there comes a day when they're like, I don't just, I just don't have that bandwidth anymore. I, there, I, I, I need to delegate something and this is the thing I can delegate. And so they may get a few years into their business and then all of a sudden they turn around and they're ready to work with you. And, and, you know, if, if, if you were patient and staying in front of them during that time, you suddenly become the only solution they look at, 
which mm-hmm. is a really lovely place to be, right? Because at that point, when they know they finally need the service, they're only thinking of you because they've been hearing right. from you all this time. Um, so mm-hmm. we want to be in that space as much as possible. Exactly. Well, this again, of course, has been fabulous information that you were sharing. I'm so glad that you were able to come back and you know share more because uh, again, I knew I had more questions for you and didn't have <laughs> enough time to get them all answered. So I do appreciate uh, your sharing with us. So are there any offers that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, I would love for people to, I have a free ebook that's on my website and it's about small business marketing on a budget. So it gives you all kinds of different ideas, 10 different ideas for marketing on anywhere from no budget to a bit of budget. And, and hopefully you find something that meets you where you are and you can grow um, into new ideas over time. So if you access, uh, if you access my website, melissaforzi at events.com, you pretty much get the pop-up for that on almost any of the pages. So be sure to check okay. that out because there's a ton of good information in it. Okay. So if they go to the website, they also can maybe link to like Instagram or Facebook or wherever else you might be. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You can connect with me on social media, Instagram, a little bit on Facebook, uh, on LinkedIn, um, and also my email is there. So if you, if you want to talk to me directly, you can do that too. Um, but there's so much information on my website. If you, if you're just going, cause you want to get some ideas about marketing, I've got a whole blog there with, I don't know how many hundreds of blogs I have archived at this mm-hmm. point. So there's a lot to research and there's, uh, hopefully a lot of good ideas that can get you going. Right. Well, I have appreciated you so much by coming back and sharing your time with me. And I appreciate, you know, your sharing your expertise. So thank you again for coming back. Oh, thank you for having me. And I just, you know, I don't know if I, I don't remember if I said it the first time, but thank you for creating this, this forum. I think it's not easy to be a business owner and you don't know what you don't know. And I think, you know, for people who are accessing biz help for you, they're getting so much information about all these different areas of their business. And, uh, you know, hopefully that helps people feel more confident, less alone, um, all those great things. So you've got a great service that you're providing here. Well, thank you for the compliment. I mean, that was my goal when I started doing this too, is just to share important information in all different areas, you know, for business owners, because I want them to be successful, you know, so here, here we are just trying to share content and it's, you know, it's my goal just to help continue to share that information. So you're one of the reasons why I'm able to, because you've got expertise I don't. So thank you. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. Sure. And I do want to thank the listener for tuning in as well. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about your deep dive into your marketing on a budget. If you have additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Melissa on her website, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share the show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. I hope you can join us for next week's topic, business tech and implementation to streamline, automate and systematize your business. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. And remember, you can also find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.